You are living in an age of an unprecedented opportunity to reach the world for Christ. We have access not just to the internet, but to platforms that are virtually free that allow us to reach the far-flung corners of this world. And yet, most churches and most Christians are doing nothing with that opportunity. I want to see that change. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, guys, it's good to be with you for another episode. Um, This week, I want to talk about uh, an article I wrote last week, but uh, I kind of want to springboard off the article. So if you read the piece I did called More Than Influencers, I'm not going to rehash everything here. And if you haven't read it, it's, it's worth reading, but I'll catch you up to speed a little bit here right at the beginning. Basically, I wrote this blog post on Redeeming Productivity about... Uh, another article that was in the New York Times. And that article, it was this opinion piece, and it was called The Empty Religions of Instagram. And it was by uh, a woman named Leigh Stein. And basically, this article was her talking about these Instagram influencers who worked in kind of the personal productivity, personal improvement space. But essentially, these influencers had become spiritual guides they what she compares them to the televangelists of the 80s they offered this kind of religious religion of self-improvement to non-religious millennials and they were eating it up and these people have these huge platforms and they are beloved but her contention was and she's not a believer her contention was these basically they were offering empty they, they were offering spirituality, but there was really nothing to it. So basically what I did in my own piece is I picked up on what Leigh Stein was pointing out, which is there's all these empty religious talk being offered by personal growth influencers. And I asked the question, where are the Christian influencers? And I know some of you will cringe at that. And I, I cringe at that too. I don't like the term influencer. It sounds weird. It sounds self-promoting. You kind of <laughs> picture some of those those meme channels like Instagram or uh, influencers in the wild and stuff. And you picture these people that are you know, doing TikTok dance videos out by the bean in Chicago, making fools of themselves for the clout. And that's not what I'm saying. What I'm advocating for is, wouldn't it be great if every corner of the internet was filled with believers talking about Christ or just showing, you know, imagine just even a a vlog of a believing person or family that just showed what it looked like to live like a Christian, our struggles, how we deal with them, how we pray, all that stuff. I would love to see that. I, I think that there is a need for that. I think that the church is as always very far behind the times in what we could be doing to reach people technologically. And even though churches, you know, during COVID and stuff have, have put their live streams online, they have sermons out there, they're getting into these things. From my perspective, we haven't done enough. The opportunities are almost limitless and very few believers, very few churches, very few even ministries are doing all that they could to take advantage of what we have right now on the internet and with social media platforms to reach the world 
not just for Christ, but also to reach believers with sound content. Obviously, this is near and dear to my heart for a couple of reasons. One, that's literally what I'm trying to do. Um, don't you call me an influencer. I'll come after you. But I'm trying to produce content for the internet to equip believers. That's basically my goal here. Okay. I want to help you be more productive so you can bring more glory to God. So that's near and dear to my heart for that perspective. But also, if you guys have been listening long, I formerly worked in this area for Christian ministries. In fact, that's my going back. That's what I've done for a long time. I, I've worked for missions organizations, doing social media, doing video, doing uh, web stuff. Um, more recently, I worked with uh, Grace to You and was the director of digital platforms there. And so this is stuff I've thought about for many, many years and observed in the church a real lack of engagement with our opportunities to do online ministry. So in the article that I wrote, uh, my, my main point was that I'd love to see more individuals doing this. Uh, in a piece that I just finished actually this morning, and hopefully Lord willing will be uh, in another publication, maybe in the next uh, few weeks here, I talked about what this might look like in a local church context. And so that's what I want to get into a little bit more here is say you're somebody who's listening to this and you say either... I want to do uh, a podcast on my own, or I, I want to try to do more stuff to reach the world for Christ. Maybe you don't want to be the person behind the mic or in front of the camera, but you, you understand because you listen to podcasts, obviously, and you're online. You understand that there is a gap there between uh, the opportunity the church has and what we're actually seizing. How might someone go about this who saw the need, wanted to help? How might you go about this in a local church context? Or maybe you're a pastor and you're, or an elder or something at your church and you're thinking, man, I'd love for us to do more. How could we get started with ministry online in a broader context? So that's what I want to talk about. Ha. So one thing we saw during the COVID-19 pandemic and the government's response to it and all that stuff, churches getting closed, churches not meeting, um, a lot of bad stuff. But one of the good things that came out of it, in my opinion, was that churches started to get online more. Now, I will tell you this as a caveat, I am a strong, strong proponent for churches meeting in person. I very much believe that. I think that when the Bible uses the word church, ecclesia, it literally means assembly. I think it means literally bodily, bodily assembling. But it is a good thing that in the Lord's uh, grace and with the timing of all this, that we had the ability to supplement our in-person gatherings with online live streams. And I use that word supplement deliberately because you can supplement without substituting. So I've been encouraged by that. I was uh, I was working uh, for Grace Dew at the time when the pandemic first happened about a year ago. And I can't tell you how many calls and emails and, and things of churches and pastors reaching out and asking us, hey, uh, what uh, what do we do here? We've never live streamed before. We don't even have a website. How do we cope with all this? And it, it was frankly surprising to me how few churches um, hadn't done live streaming before or hadn't even really considered it. And so it's been interesting to see these churches get up to speed really, really fast. You know, just in a few weeks, just about every church in the world had a live stream, even ones that had never had it before. And that is a good aspect 
I think, of online ministry, and maybe at your own church you could help with that ministry. But uh, it raises the question, and in fact, this question came up. Um, I was talking with a, a group of pastors just last week, I believe. This question came up. When our church is meeting again, all in person, all in full, at what point should we turn off the live stream? That's what somebody asked. And and people started going around and saying, yeah, I think we should do it as soon as possible because we don't want to encourage people to uh, to stay home from church. We need them to, they, they should be here and fellowshipping and enjoying those things. And, and I agree with that in principle that, yeah, they should be there, but don't turn off the live stream. And that's what I said. I said, don't turn off the live stream. You now have spun up the ability to minister to your church's missionaries who can't be there in person. You now have the ability to minister to your homebounds, maybe the elder, the people in your church who aren't going to be coming back anytime soon because of uh, the threats of disease or because they're just homebound in general. You have created the ability to reach people even beyond your own church's walls that you've never had before. Don't turn off the live stream. But if you have people who are doing the live stream instead of coming to your church, maybe uh, maybe that's a shepherding issue more than it is a technology issue. That's what I would say on that front. But I really don't even want to talk about live streams. I went way too far down that rabbit trail. I want to talk about the other ways that churches could be ministering online and individuals within churches, you who are listening or watching this, how could you be ministering in a local church context using the internet? How might that look? And this, I think, very few churches are doing. Very few. I don't even know that I could list maybe but one or two that I know of. And what I'm talking about is online outreach in the context of a local church. Okay? So if your church is ministries kind of have, if you divide them into two broad components, uh, a church is ministering to the people inside of the church, you know, we're, we're our own congregations, our own people, our brothers and sisters locally. Uh, and we have now, because of COVID and other reasons, expanded our efforts to using the internet by having a website, by having, um, posting the sermons online, doing video, doing live stream. We're, we're now reaching our congregation and doing better with that communication to our own people. That's half of it, I would say. The other half is what about outreach? Just like your church reaches out to the community, just like you support missionaries, where is the online outreach component of your local church? And I think if most of us answered honestly, we would say it doesn't, it doesn't exist. We don't have an online outreach component of our local church. And I would argue, and I am arguing presently as you listen to me, that you should that you should. And if your church doesn't have this, um, maybe you can be the person to help start it. So let me make an argument for why uh, we should be ministering online, doing outreach online. Have you ever thought about what the apostles would do if they had had the internet? Probably not. And, and this is just pure speculation. Um, but based on the principles that I see them engaging in in Acts and in the epistles, I... I think we could draw some some fair conclusions about how they might have used the internet. So, for example, when the apostles went into a new city to preach the gospel, where did they start? Where did they start? We see in Acts 17 that, that they started in the synagogues, verses 1 and 2, and in verse 22, they started in like the city squares or the center of town 
where did the people meet in the Agora, the marketplace, or, or you know, Paul at Mars Hill, right? They went to where the people were gathered, and that is where they engaged in their ministry. Um, they went where the people are. It's like the, the, you know, the song on Cheers. You want to go where the people are. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Well, I, the second part, no. But you want to go where the people are. You want to go where the people are. If you want to reach the world for Christ, you want to go where the maximum number of people are so that you can deliver that message effectively. And that's what the, we saw the apostles doing. They'd go to where people are. And where are people today? Where's the one place that everyone is? Online. We're on our phones, like all the time. We're always online. We're on social media. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok posting our dance videos. It's the internet. Everyone's on the internet. And yet, guys, I just am going to say it. What is the church doing? I know there are ministries doing good stuff. Uh, Grace to you is, is one. Desiring God's another. Ligonier. There, there are ministries out there who are doing online ministry. But why are local churches not doing more? And what could we be doing? The first argument is the, the apostles went to where the people are. I think that Paul would use the internet if he was here today. Don't know. I'm speculating. But principally, he went to where the people are. People are online. Second, the apostles utilized the latest in communication technology. You say, when did they do that? When they wrote letters. Um, when they could not be face-to-face. -face. And you see this in Paul's letters. When he, he would write them letters and often he would say... You know, you know, I wish that I could be face to face with you, things along those lines. When they couldn't do face to face ministry, they supplemented their ministry with written communication. Our communication technologies have come a little bit further than just handwritten letters, um, but it's the same principle. We may have email, text, video calls, blogs, YouTube, podcasts, social media, all that stuff, but the principle is the same. We can use communication technology to minister to people unlike ever before and we've been doing it and this is this is my point we've been doing it through live streams through zoom bible studies all that kind of stuff but it's mostly been inside the church what if we did more evangelistic type efforts that reached beyond that capitalized on youtube or in instagram or tiktok's algorithms to take clips of video take posts and spread them all around the world to reach people for Christ. And what if it wasn't just a few big ministries that had a bunch of resources doing this, but a bunch of individual Christians and a bunch of individual churches directing resources toward these ends, not merely to promote their own church, which I, there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. But to promote the cause of the gospel worldwide. Imagine a cacophony of Christian voices all over the internet that just redounded to the glory of God everywhere you went online. But people, I talk to people about this and they balk at it. They balk at the notion at, at ministering to people on platforms like these because they say, well, man, TikTok is so, ugh. and it is pretty, ugh. and it's, you know, probably Chinese using to spy on us. But the, just because those platforms are filled with so much nonsense and wickedness, that should not be a reason that we don't go on them and utilize them to deliver the message of hope and of you know, truth. It should be the reason we do go on them because they're so gross and so filled with so much stupid stuff is we should go use them and put truth on them. And here's a distinction I don't think a lot of Christians make in their mind. We think, well, I don't want to use those platforms because I don't like what's on there. 
you got to shift the way you're thinking. You're thinking like someone who's consuming the content on there. I'm talking about ministering on these platforms, not about what you consume, but what you create and put out there on there. What if we took clips of our pastor's messages? What if you took um, stuff, uh, basically like a single point from your pastor's sermon, and you took your skill at writing or publishing or editing, and you turned that one point from a sermon into a really concise blog post? What if you turn that into a clip and put it on Instagram or put it on TikTok or put it on YouTube? What if you took the initiative and said, hey, pastor, and we sit down and ask you some basic questions about the Christian life or about, uh, about the Bible or about what the gospel is, and we record those and we put those out there. You don't need a bunch of, it doesn't have to be perfect. Do it on your phone. I mean, look at the stuff people are putting out on, on Instagram or TikTok, it's just them holding their phone. There are so many opportunities and the, the barrier to entry is so low that again, it just shocks me that so few churches and individual believers are taking advantage of this and making some strategy for creating um, good quality content that um, is based in God's truth. I am convinced that the Lord has given our generation the internet as a tool to be stewarded in the cause of Christ. And I'm also convinced that we are absolutely fumbling the football on this. We are not doing nearly what we ought to do with this amazing gift we have. Consider world missions, guys. Consider how we send people to the far-flung corners of the world to reach people, which is wonderful. I, 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 face-to-face ministry is superior in every regard. I'm not diminishing that. We should spend all the money and more and all the effort and send all the people we can to go face to face. But holy Toledo, how on earth do we have the internet and social media platforms and we're that are basically free to use and we're not just dumping in tons and tons and mountains and mountains of quality content onto there so that we flood the internet's airwaves and clog up the bandwidth with truth about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How awesome would that be? How awesome would that be? The opportunity is there. I think a lot of times the... Um, Churches don't see it. We're very focused on ministering to the congregation, which is important, which is why I think individual believers uh, can step up and volunteer to help with a ministry like this, but do it under the auspices of their local church. Do it uh, with the blessing of your elders. Don't go out on your own and try to go and be your own like e-pastor to an e-congregation, you know, and just be some rando. Um do it in the context of a local church and see if you can kind of um, use the resources of the church and the people and use some of that, that technology that a lot of churches have now to produce this stuff. It's not crazy. Our Lord has commissioned us to go to the ends of the earth with the message of the cross, and now the ends of the earth have Wi-Fi. So let's use that to the advantage of the cause of Christ. Let me make another argument to you. Online ministry is missions. Online ministry is missions. Imagine if you knew of some tribe in some far off, far flung corner of the world who were begging it. They said, what must we do to be saved? We've heard about this Jesus. There's nobody coming to us and telling us about him. We want to know more. Somebody send somebody. And you, your church heard about this and you're like, why is nobody going there? You would do everything you could to send people, to, to rally resources, to get people who were begging to know more about the gospel, the truth of the gospel. So how, what is the difference when every day there are people shouting, crying, 
multitudes into internet search boxes and into social media feeds crying about what what is the meaning? Why am I here? Who is God? Is this true? And they're asking, they're just shouting it into the void. And only a few resources come back. Don't wh- Where's our compulsion to reach those people who are actively searching for it and utilize the tools of search engine optimization and algorithms and all that to make good quality Christian content that people will find and be ministered to by? I say let's jump into it. I say let's try it. And I think that you'll be surprised with how the Lord blesses your efforts. I mean, I've done this goofy little rinky-dink podcast and a blog and all this stuff for several years now. And I've been blown away by even when I was just doing this part-time by how many people you're able to reach with just a little bit of uh, elbow grease and a tiny bit of know-how. It's not hard. Make good stuff. Just imagine if there was more of us doing it. Okay, enough of the rah-rah-rah. I'm going to assume that I've convinced you. That you are someone who either you're a leader in your church or you're just somebody in a church and you're thinking, hey, I want to do internet ministry. I want to do outreach using computers. Okay, great. Glad I've convinced you. Uh, Here are some suggestions uh, that I've kind of come up with with how a church or an individual might start something like this. Now, of course, as I've been saying, I'm talking about how you might do this in the context of a local church. I think every individual believer should use their social media platform for the cause of Christ in as much as possible um, as an individual. I think that that's a wonderful place to proclaim. Uh, and I did do a whole other episode just on that. But for the purposes of this episode, I'm talking about how you might do this in conjunction with a local church. So here's a few suggestions. First, um, if you were in leadership at a church or have some influence there, I would just challenge you to try to have a bigger vision for the outreach side of online ministry. Think beyond just your church's live streaming, church's website, social media presence, and your um, and your like newsletter emails and things like that. Think bigger than that. That's an important component. Don't stop. Keep doing that. Lean into that. Minister to your people in as much as you can using the internet. And help to find people in your local area using, you know, SEO and, and having good stuff on your website so people can find you and get there. But think broader than that as well, too. Think about the outreach side of how your church can do ministry online. Consider Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, other platforms as well. And I'm not just talking about uploading sermons, though I think that's, that's an important thing, too. Uh, how might you create derivative and original resources for those platforms. And by derivative resources, I mean having someone in your church. And maybe if you're, if you're a listener in your church, you say, I can figure out how to do video editing. Maybe you're the person who could do this. Chop up your pastor's sermon clips. Talk to him about this. Chop them up into individual little bits, the best parts, the most energy, the stuff that you know really encapsulates a single idea. And post those to your church's social media channels. Post those as you know, five, seven-minute uh, video clips on YouTube. You know, one of the things that contributed to the success of Joe Rogan's podcast is the clips. You know, if you've ever listened to that show, sometimes they're like three hour long conversations and like not many people are listening to the whole conversation, but the best parts they have for years been turning into little clips and posting on a YouTube channel called like JRE Clips, the Joe Rogan Experience Clips. And that was one of the big factors in that thing growing. And the fact that 
Joe Rogan has a beautiful bald head and interviews like the biggest celebrities in the world. But uh, that that's an effective strategy. It's a proven strategy. Take the best of the best of long form content like a sermon and put it out there on the web. So you can help your church do that if they don't have someone doing that. Um, or you can take a point, a single point from a sermon and you can turn that into a blog post. And so you can take someone else's sermon and you can't really do the whole thing as one blog post. And you'll understand if you try to do it, it's too many, too much content, too many different points, but you can take a single point and take that, edit it into a blog post, give it back to your pastor and say, Hey, can you edit this, review it, put your own, um, flair on it if you want, but I'm basically have taken your transcript and kind of edited it into something usable as a, as a written piece of content. That's a really helpful, effective ministry because maybe you're, you know, maybe your pastor was making some point about the gospel. It was really fascinating and really helpful and really answered a question that, you know, a lot of believers have by turning that into a piece of written content and putting it out there on a blog, you can make that derivative content reach much further. So that's derivative content. The other side of it is maybe do some, excuse me, original content. If your church has been doing live streaming, you probably have a camera. Why not sit down with the pastor? If you are a pastor, even if you don't have a camera, do it with your phone and just do some basic questions about, about the Bible. What are, what are things that you hear a lot? The questions people wonder about the Bible, about the gospel, about Christian living, about, you know, how like the practicals of that stuff, sit down and, and create some original things. It doesn't take long. And if you can help, if, if you're, you know, someone just in a church and you can help them produce this stuff, it just can go miles and it's wonderful the reach that that can have. You never know who will see it and who will hear it. And this was a, a point that was drilled down to me time and time again uh, when I was working with Grace to You is the letters we would get from people were unbelievable. You just would not believe how far and the obscure stuff that would somehow, it wasn't even like the most popular stuff, the obscure stuff that would somehow reach people in uh, strange parts of the world and strange life situations. Just really amazing in the Lord's providence how he uses that. And I just imagine if every little church out there was producing stuff like that. All the good churches. The bad churches, if you're in a bad church, stay off of social media, maybe close your church and go away. I'm talking about the good churches that teach the Bible, that believe the gospel, that exalt Christ. Those ones, yes, more power to you, more media, more ministry. So that's the first thing is, you know, get a bigger vision. Consider how you might create derivative and original content for um, social media, for YouTube, for things like that. Second Consider, and this is for people who have, who are in leadership at your church or have, have some influence, maybe an elder, maybe your pastor, just a suggestion. You don't have to do it, but consider allocating some resources to dedicate towards online ministry and online outreach. And this may include financial resources. It may include people. It may include equipment. I don't know what your capabilities are. But the amazing thing is that with all those free platforms that are out there, it doesn't really require that much money even at all, maybe a little bit. And there are probably young people in your church who would love the opportunity to use what they know about social media, what they know about 
marketing type stuff online to do online ministry with your church. If you could kind of empower them and get behind them and give them a little bit of direction for that. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity to expand the ministry beyond the walls of your church. So if you're a pastor, find those people, disciple them, and deploy them. And if you're a church member reading this and you're like, oh man, I wish that my church had such a ministry. Well, maybe you can be the one to start it. Maybe you can be the one, you know, meet with your pastor, meet with your elders, meet with your Bible study leader. Find out, hey, what if we tried this? What if we tried this? And say, I, I will do it. I will do the work. I'll volunteer and do it. And you just be blown away, blown away by what you can do. And then third, uh, just another suggestion for how you might do this in the context of a local church. If your church truly doesn't have the capacity to begin doing something like this themselves, you know, maybe you, maybe your congregation skews older and there's not a lot of people there that are really tech savvy or into the, um, knowing how to do stuff on social media or something. Well, consider having your church partner financially with parachurch ministries that are doing online ministry. Um, it's amazing how far a dollar can go with online ministry. Imagine what would happen if just a small percentage of churches increased their missions budget to accommodate doing online outreach as well. <laughs> It'd be unbelievable. It would be unbelievable. So I hope that some of this has like stirred up some a few people's hearts out there. I know this episode probably won't be for everybody, but man, I believe in the power of it. You guys are benefiting from it. And I'm not just talking about this podcast because I hope you're benefiting from this one, but all the stuff you listen to online, all the sermons, all the resources that are out there, you benefit from it. Why not you who have benefited from those types of things be a part of helping other people to find that kind of stuff too and producing more of it and more of it and more of it. And listen, we can, we can rightly rejoice that even in this season of upheaval in our churches, the Lord has used it to expand all these little churches into doing more stuff online, doing streaming, doing more of that kind of stuff. That's great. But as this subsides, as we kind of get back to normal or whatever, the temptation is going to be slip back into old habits to, to turn off the live stream, to forget about the social media stuff, to not even think about online uh, outreach in any regard. But don't do it. I'm begging you. Don't lay aside your online efforts. Redouble them. Do more. And I would just say as a final note, the temptation is to think that enough is already being done by other ministries online. It's not. As somebody who has been in this world for a long time, it's not. Not enough is being done. Those ministries are great. I love those ministries, obviously. But you cannot say that all just the GTYs, Desiring Gods, all those people, that they're doing all that can be done with online ministry. No, it will never be enough. No, no individual organization can do all of that. We won't be done until every smartphone, every computer, every social network, every podcast directory, every YouTube channel redounds to the glory of God. That's when we'll be reach the saturation point. But I don't think we're anywhere near that. Do you? So let's encourage that in our churches. And if you're somebody who, man, that makes your heart sing, talk to your pastors about it. Talk to your pastors about it. And let's do this. Let's seize this opportunity. Let's seize this stewardship we have uh, through the internet, through social media, through YouTube, to reach the world for Christ through online ministry. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Um, please, if you'd love to talk more about this stuff, or if you have ideas, or if you just, you know, want to 
get into it about this, you can always email me at reagan at redeemingproductivity.com. Always love hearing from you guys. Um, the article that I mentioned is called More Than Influencers. I'll be linking that in the description if you want to read that. Um, and then the other one that this is more based on it hasn't come out yet, but I will let you guys know when it does. And listen, I promised this whole episode was not a shill to ask for Patreon support, but I'm going to throw this in at the end here. Um, if you are interested in helping to support this podcast, me to make YouTube videos, me to write articles, I'm basically at this point doing this full time. Um, and I could use all the support I get. So if you guys are interested in helping me to continue to make these resources a full free for everybody, consider going over to patreon.com slash redeeming prod and throwing a few bucks a month in there to help me keep doing this. Appreciate those of you who do. I thank God every morning for you guys. I have been blown away by the amount of people who've come out of the woodwork to help support redeeming productivity and what I'm trying to do here. So appreciate you. Praise the Lord for you every day. And to the rest of you, thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful week, and I will see you again here next time. But until I do, remember this, in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God. Mm-hmm.